Hey, Ben, what did the pastor say to a man with a Twitter ex- addiction? What? Sorry, I don't follow you. <laughs> Welcome to the Altered Podcast. Will we honor God and the things he does? With your hosts, Hunter, Jessica, Ben, and Dina. Welcome to the Altered Podcast, where we honor God and the things that he does. Welcome to episode 32. It is unreal that we are coming up more towards the year mark every day of doing this podcast. I'm here, as you heard Dina just mentioned, with Jessica, Ben, Dina, and myself. Welcome. Yay. <laughs> so today we're talking about grace alone. Uh, so we're going to dive into the five solas of the Reformation yep. um, that we all pretty much hold dear. Uh, what, what are you do? What? Question. Oh, always looking at me like that. Question. Okay, I, because you're funny looking. Um, <laughs> question. So I thought the solas were only for like the really people who speak Latin, crazy people like that. We'll get into it, buddy. I thought it was for the Catholics and the... No, it is not for the Catholics. And the Lutherans. <laughs> Maybe for the Lutherans. And the Episcopalians. And the Presbyterians. <laughs> yeah, those. <laughs> All the Yans. <laughs> I guess it's, it applies to more people than that, you think? It does. It oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Actually, people who read the Bible. Um, oh, okay. Maybe so that's my problem. We'll dive into that. I got you. But, so we will be going into the five solas, and that is grace alone, faith alone. Christ alone, glory, God alone, and scripture alone. Yeah. That'll be the next five podcasts that we do. Um, so welcome to this little series. And I believe, and the reason I wanted to do this, is that if you understand these truths of salvation, you can dive down deeper into the word of God than you have ever had before. Hmm. Do you hold these truths to be self-evident? I was going to make a political <laughs> joke, but I'm not going to. So, guys, this week... We or this the last since this podcast has aired last time. This was we did a Valentine's Day ugh, uh, podcast. Sorry, um, the ne- very next day we had something remarkable happen in Kentucky, and as the revival at Asbury, and it's still going on. Well, maybe so that the revival actually started the Wednesday before we even um uh. Did our recording. Oh, did it? Yeah. It started at the 10 a.m. Wednesday service that they had it on campus at the oh, 10 a.m. Yeah, chapel. We, we would do, we record Thursdays. I'm talking about when we aired the thing. But yeah, gotcha. <laughs> uh, Whenever that was. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so we, um, I don't know if it will still be going on by then. Hopefully, God continues uh, the spirit of revival by then. But Asbury is having this revival that has come straight out of not some keynote speaker, not some awesome worship band, but just out of a pure, hey, God loves you message and drove people to repentance. Um, uh, so, guys, what do you think about what do you think about this? Well, things that you've heard coming out of it. Dina's actually went. Yeah. So she can so, give a first-hand account. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, one of the ladies who I work with, uh, one of her daughters goes there, and then um, one of her daughters had graduated from there. And so she had kind of been talking a little bit about the revival first before I ever saw it on social media. She was just talking about how the students had been praying for, like, 24 hours in the chapel and how cool that was. And so when it started, you know, hitting social media and it started becoming more popular and hearing about people going to Asbury I don't know where it's a college campus. 
that was something that I wanted to go see and experience myself. So I messaged our Chi Alpha girls, hey, does anybody want to go? And where it was a Monday night, kind of, you know, sort of last minute, you know, there was only one that could go with me. So um, we head over to Wilmore, Kentucky, which is only about 45 minutes away from Richmond. And so we go there and finally find a parking spot, which really Asbury's not incredibly huge if you think about a college campus and we find a parking spot we make it all the way to where the chapel was which I never really had looked at Asbury on a map and I realized that as we're trying to find a parking spot that I have no idea where I'm at but it's really easy to find because you just follow the crowd of people that are going toward this one building you know and it and uh the college student that was with me was like where's the uh church at and I was like well it's probably the one with the steeple on it I'm just guessing so <laughs> with the thousands of people streaming to right. the front so how but how yeah. was the service well so we get there to the front and I want to kind of tell this because this is how incredible this was um we get there to the front steps and there's this guy standing outside and he's like um saying that the chapel is closed because the fire marshal says there's too many people in the building wow. and so they have opened up estes chapel which is right across the street well by the time to know 1500 people is the max of that chapel yeah chapel. yeah that one's it's huge i didn't realize it was that big and so we get over to Estes Chapel, and it's a smaller one. I don't remember how many it seats. I, I, I think it's like in the 700s, but yeah. And so we go to that one, and it is closed because it also has reached max capacity. But they opened up McKenna Chapel, I think that's what it's called, um, just a little bit down the way. And so we make it there, and we were one of the first ones there. But that chapel filled up in like five minutes. Wow. And so they get the live stream equipment up and the, um, I don't know, the main speaker or the head honcho for the night, I don't know, whoever he was, the leader of the of the things going on <laughs> was saying that um, because all three chapels, chapels were full, they were going to bring equipment out on the front lawn in front of the main chapel um, for people who still want to participate and they were just amazed and in awe of like how many people were coming just to seek Jesus and the coolest part was was you didn't see people looking around judging anyone it was just a group of people who wanted to seek Jesus together and I think that where in America especially I feel like everybody has felt so separated between like COVID and social isolation and what the news media has like thrown on people there's not a lot of togetherness and you feel kind of separate and kind of all by yourself but when we got there, there was such a sweet spirit and aroma in just the whole place that you looked at somebody and they smiled at you and like, I don't know, you could just feel Jesus's presence basically. And so they were all different denominations, different uh, nationalities. The guy who sat next to me, I'm pretty sure didn't speak English at all and but we're all there for one specific pers- purpose. And you think it's authentic? You don't think? Oh it's yeah. Good. I, I mean, I'm sure. Like as with, Everything. you know, anything that's huge, there's one or two, or whatever. But I, it's it was it's still worth it to go. Jess, what was uh, we was watching Fox News last night? What was they saying on the uh, on air? I'm pretty sure you're just here to listen. <laughs> it's fine. 
So they were saying that people from Brazil, Beijing, like everybody's flown in from uh, from just around the world and started coming here. Yeah. And I think, again, it, it comes down to that people just want to to seek this togetherness. So ben, We've not experienced it since like since the, 70s, the 70s, yeah. which none of us was even alive. So, so Ben, as a, as a campus pastor, <laughs> mm-hmm. what kind of hope does this give you? Buddy, I'm stoked. I, my hope is that it spreads, um, that the Lord is beginning something. It's, it's interesting you ask that question <clears throat> because um, in Chi Alpha, there was a, a prophecy that came out of one of our churches and, or I'm sorry, out of one of our Chi Alphas, and it was that um, these people believe that there would be one more great student awakening before Jesus came back. And so we've prayed about that for years. We've sought it for years, you know, during the COVID time, like, you know, people were a little discouraged, but, but our, our, the, his name's E. Scott Martin. He's the head of Chi Alpha International. And, um, um, e. Scott Martin's always been like, but, but we believe that God has prophesied this. So pray for it. Pray that God will bring one more great student awakening. And so I don't know if this is it, but that's my prayer. I hope that this is the thing that bursts the last great student awakening before Jesus comes back. And my hope is that Jesus comes back in my lifetime. That's beside the point. Um, come quickly, Lord Jesus. That's right. <laughs> we look forward to his coming because that's what the scripture tells us to do. Um, but man, it just, it gives me so much hope and I'm so excited to see what God has done. And what we see now is we see that Asbury's having revival and then Lee university, which I know nothing about having revival. Boston college. I saw on Fox news last night. Yeah. Starting to... There've been a few colleges like Christian. Yeah. They, here's my thing about the, the revival is, is I am, I'm just stoked. If it, it, I know you guys are close to college students and I'm close to college age. Right. But I'm stoked for any kind of just revival that people are being drove to repentance. That that is that is a sign of of true revival. That this is not um, about a worship band, about a pastor who is there, but this is about truly God and His kingdom, and is bringing people to know Jesus Christ. Something else that I love is that the professors at Asbury have talked about how the the college leaders are the ones, not really like running it but I mean they are because this is their campus and they're like churches you need to wake up this is going to be your next leaders in your churches and um and I think that they've all had great intentions but some really well-known um Christian singers and bands have said hey like let us really relieve your college students and we'll come sing for free or whatever and Asbury's like no Absolutely not. Our college students have it. And when we were there, um, they were talking about how their ministry team is, you know, they're prayed up. They've been reading their Bible, praying, all this other stuff to be able to witness and pray with other people. Mm. And I mean, that was just awesome to see that they had already, you know, taken those steps and already had thought that through because sometimes when things like this happen, <coughs> maybe some churches are not prepared, you know? Right. Revival starts with your leaders Yeah. being prayed up and ready to go. If your leaders aren't praying, your readers aren't, uh, leaders aren't reading your Bible, it, it, it's going to skip right over you. Yep. Uh, unlike the revival, we're going to take a break. So... Here's our uh, sponsor from Anchor and all that good stuff. So quickly uh, here, because I, I this podcast isn't going to be super long today, 
what has God done for you this week? Dina, we're just, we're just going to keep going around the table. <laughs> well, for me, it was attending the revival at Asbury. It was just so nice to go. And, well, Katie and I had said, we'll just go for an hour just to see what's going on, right? And we're sitting there. There's some worship. There's a student testimony. There's some more worship. There's this guy who brings this short message and then some more worship. And I looked down at my watch and four hours had passed and I was like, oh, <laughs> so I've heard that from a lot of people that they just like time. Just, yeah. You don't even think to look at your watch, which well, granted I, I wasn't, you know, it was, you know, the afternoon, but evening, whatever. But I didn't have to be somewhere at a specific time after we left that event. I mean, I did want to go home and go to bed, but... But yeah, but you didn't feel like four hours has passed. No, absolutely not. I thought, well, maybe an hour and a half, you know, because I hadn't looked at my watch. You know, that's probably how Jesus sent him there feeling. I was like, man, it's been 2,000 years. What is up with that? But I'm just thinking, like, <laughs> you know, there's nothing super fancy. Uh, they have some really, honestly, great musicians and singers up there because they can really sing and play. But um, nothing super fancy. They didn't have to have like a coffee bar. They didn't have to have a fog machine. They didn't have to, you know, hold your hand as you went and found a seat. Like it was all just people coming and for going as they God. Yep. And can you imagine what our churches would be like if that was what we experienced every Sunday? Let's, let's not let's not get into that. <laughs> <laughs> We'd be here a long time. You know, people were coming today, and it was pouring the rain like a monsoon, and lightning outside. And why they're holding umbrellas out on the front line, I'm not really sure. But <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they had the faith, I guess. Because I don't you, know that. Let me I'd tell you, that. we was going to leave work early and go to it. Uh, sorry, boss, if you're listening to this. Uh, I was honest with him. I told him where I was going. Uh, but it was storming. And so a lot of the guys are like, hey, yeah, we don't. if, if it's full, we don't have to be stuck in the middle of the... And it was storming. But there were people out there doing it. I mean... Mm-hmm. Yeah, because all the three cha- chapels were full. Hey, but you know what? I, uh, wow. It's just, it's just great. Ben, what's God done for you this week? Yep. So <clears throat> Dana went to... Um, she went to the the revival, and while she was going to the revival, I um, was actually at the house. And so I um, was working on sermon prep. I was doing, had a whole bunch of stuff I needed to get done. He was napping. Don't lie. No, no, I really wasn't, actually. <laughs> um, I had a whole bunch of stuff I needed to get done, and so I was there, and I was like, Lord, I just really need your help. Like, I, I just, I need to talk to you about some stuff, and um, I need help with the sermon, and I just need help. And me and Jesus had such a good time. Uh, just me and him in the house. Um, I laid on my face before the Lord a little bit, um, which is super uncomfortable for the first little bit until you realize that who you're laying before, you know? Right. Um, and when I sat down finally after all that to, to work on the sermon, man, it just like plop, 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 done. Like it was nothing. Wow. Um, it, it made me realize a few things, one of which, um, and this is the biggest thing, is that um, I treat... Chi Alpha, which is a ministry that God has called us to, like it's my own. And it made me realize there is nothing. I literally own nothing, and this ministry is not my own. Right. It is God's. And so if there's a problem with it, I go to God because it's his ministry. If there's something that I need for it, I go to God because it's his ministry. If there's something that I, whatever, I go to God because it's his ministry and I'm his servant. And I, the servant doesn't supply the stuff. 
servant only goes to the master and the master supplies the stuff. The servant just does the work that the master commands. So that was me. It was well, really amazing. Jess, what's God done for you this week? So I'm a worrier and it's, it comes with the motherhood, motherhood and everything. And Lily for the past, um, about two or three weeks, she's been having some stomach issues. Um, so I took her to the doctor on Tuesday and, um, which I called and right away they had an appointment ready. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm expecting, you know, two or three days. Let's tell you about this quack. Okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to this. Hold on, keep going. Okay, so we get there and I'm like, you know, she's been having stomach issues for a couple of weeks. Um, you know, it could be a lingering stomach virus, you know, whatever. And so they're like, okay, well, don't give her dairy. Don't give her fruit juice. What they call this? They call it toddler diarrhea. So we take our toddler to the doctor for having diarrhea, and then they say, "Yeah, you have something called toddler diarrhea." I'm like, "Really, doc? Really? <laughs> <laughs> My insurance has paid you for this? I knew that." It's so it's is it real, like it's still is a real thing? It's a real so thing. So is it like a lingering virus, or just a, a stage of thing that happens? She'll tell you. Well. I mean, I think it's coincidental that she did have a stomach virus, but it just, what happens in the intestines, it, it's kind of off track. So if you just get rid of dairy and fruit dose, which is in fruits, um, you reset it, the track, it, right? it can reset the intestines. Um, so she's been without that for, what's today, Thursday, um, going out in two days. And today she had almost a solid, solid stool. So we're uh very political correct word. Good job. I'm a nurse, of course. <laughs> Hunter? She's a professional, sir. Yeah, I'm over here saying diarrhea and the <laughs> same stool. <laughs> Difference in our personalities. So but it caused you not to worry. Uh, yeah. I mean I, I I'm the nurse. I think the worst in things I'm thinking, you know, she's got a bowel blockage and she's gonna have to have a colonoscopy at three years old. Wow. <laughs> yes, Man. yes. A lot of things is going through my mind. Um so yeah, I was just but uh, no, it's And I'm it's over fun. here taking a nap. Like that, yeah. that shows you where our priorities are. Yeah. But so this week, um we are verging the uh, end of our elder candidacy, Ben mm. and I. Um, Praise the Lord. And so we actually get voted in on at the church on the 26th. Yep. Um, I don't usually worry about things. Okay. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> sir, sir, uh, lying. No. Bearing false witness is I, a sin. I worry about some things like time, being on time, Ben. I know that's not a stress in your life. Sir. Um, but those, I care don't, about time. Don't lie to the people. But I don't worry about situational things uh, often in a sense that it makes me almost sick like i'm always like mm, that's not a good thing like how am i how's that going to work out but i'm usually move on i've been almost sick to my stomach over this mm. and blah 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 and then um you're told maybe some somebody might not really agree with what you with you might not vibe with you or whatever uh and you're like okay so that makes my worrying even more um so then pastor chris said hey I want all the elder candidates this Sunday to get up there and talk about their kind of salvation story, why they feel called to eldership and uh, what whatnot. And God laid it on my heart flat, like smack. I was in prayer time. And this is why I think the spirit of revival is not just at Asbury, but it's filtering through Christians in the country. Mm -hmm. uh, because at our church service on Sunday, God's presence was at church. 
Um, I think he's been in uh, God's uh, in God's people has experienced his presence more just in the last couple of weeks mm-hmm. uh, through Bible study and prayer. Um, I don't know about you all, but this has been more prevalent in my life um, in the last couple of weeks. And that may be because we're seeing it every day um, and we're filtering our life with that. But he said, uh, hey, what you're going to get up there and say is? And, this, and I was because I was getting through studying for these kind of things because I'm going through the five solos at work as well. Is that I don't I don't earn I don't I haven't earned this. There's there's no accolade I have. There's nothing that I've done to deserve this. But no matter what happens after that business meeting, you'll see me doing the same exact thing, whether it's a yes vote or a no vote. I will serve God faithfully to what He's called me to do, no matter what happens. Because I didn't choose it. I didn't earn this life. I didn't do anything for this accolade. It was given to me by God to, to minister to people, to call upon them for repentance, and to preach to them the gospel. So it's either with the title of elder or without it. But the job will be the same. That's all I'm going to say. And that was prevalent all through my prayer life this week. That's what I've been told to say. So that's it. Should have just recorded you saying that. We could just popped it Ooh, up on the screen. Done. <laughs> Man, what was I thinking? I know. So uh, awesome. I'm glad to hear all that. This is one of my favorite segments. Like we can almost just do a podcast on that alone. But Bible time. So Dina, what are the five solos? And I mentioned this in the intro, but. Oh, we're halfway there. Whoa, <laughs> living on a prayer. Sorry. All right. So the Copyright. five solas, you just want to know like what they are. Yeah. So um, glory to God alone. And hang on. I've got the list here. Uh, through, Cl- through Christ alone. Where did my list go? You're the one who has it memorized. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to get somebody else to say something. Okay, so you're... I have the background history of it. That's what I have. All right, we'll go what you say in a minute. So you have, you're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, yeah. and Christ alone, for the glory of God alone. And how do we know this? Because of scripture alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so today we are focusing on grace alone. So, But before we dive into it, Dina's going to give us a three-minute top synopsis on the history of why these are even came about. You say three minutes, but it's really really less than that. Um, So really, it started in the 16th century with the Protestant Reformation. So really, Martin Luther. And for those of you who are like, what's the Protestant Reformation? Essentially, Martin Luther was like, there's some stuff going on in Catholicism that uh, is not really biblical. So let's not do this anymore. Can I correct (laughs) something? I'm sorry to take your three minutes. But can I correct something that I heard the other day that I feel like I have to mention? Martin Luther, Martin Luther King Jr., two very different people, <laughs> two very different time periods of history, two you very different events. Yes. Are you talking about Martin Luther? Is that why we celebrate Martin Luther King Day? Oh, my gosh. No, no, it's, no, it's not, honey. So, uh, but th- I was reading today, it came up kind of by mistake. So the, the church there um, would 
let you post things like theological things uh, from the monks to be discussed on their board. So he really, he was yeah. just like, Hey, so really, and it wasn't even brought together as like, there was like three solas for like the longest time. And then they were taking more writing pieces, I guess. And it wasn't until like the 20th century that they actually brought the five right. pieces together and was like, this is a thing. So a lot of his students, like the printing press was starting to become a thing. Like they were mass being able to copy documents for a lot faster. Um, and then a lot of his students, Martin Luther's, got a hold of these documents and printed them out and spread them like a wildfire, the 95 theses that he posted to. <laughs> the first tweet. <laughs> <laughs> the first retweet. retweet yeah. <laughs> um, but, and then he, and it's kind of spread like wildfire. And then the Catholic Church tried to stomp it out. And then when we learned that when people try to stomp out the move of God, that it just expands uh, like, again, a wildfire. Um, so yeah, so that's what happened. The, the cat, the Catholic church did not agree with all the, the solas and, um, it's why we have now a Protestant, you know, there's, there's a lot of the reformation is great, by the way, if you haven't studied on that, we need to do a podcast on it, but it'd be a long one. So, uh, today is grace alone. Ben, why is grace alone important? Buddy, because, uh, number one, the Bible tells us that we are not saved by works, Lest any man should boast. We'll talk about that a little bit more here in just a minute. Um, but we are saved by grace through faith in Christ. Um, it's it's not something that we earn. And so, um, you know, the whole book of Galatians is written to um, this this church who <clears throat> has, has fallen into this idea that first they were saved by grace and then they fall into the idea of no, but now we have to become Jews. We have to be circumcised. We have to follow Jewish law and custom. And Paul is really adamant, like, you do that, and you're, you're leaving the faith behind. You are, um, in essence, losing this salvation that you were clinging to. And so, why is it important? It's important because Paul treats it as the gravest of circumstances. And when you read Galatians, it's only, what, five, six chapters long, whatever? Yep. But man, I mean, he smacks you in the face every single sentence. Right. There's a reason that at the end of, I think it's First Peter, that he says, well... Hearing Paul's teachings, they're they're hard to hear. Like, <laughs> so it's it's true. Yeah, and uh, grace alone is important because it's what is grace? It's unearned, unmerited favor of God given to us. Um, first off, we've all experienced grace in our life. Jesus Christ coming to die on the cross for our sins is, is grace enough, even if one person was saved. Um, but we're going to dive into some scripture. It's not, grace alone is very quick in a sense of how we can explain it. And that and faith work together closely. So next week we'll be talking about, we'll be even using some of the same Bible verses. Um, but Dina, why don't you read Ephesians 2, 8 for us? That's on the plan there. All right. For by grace, you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works. <clears throat> so that no one may boast for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So question is your good works. What makes you good enough to receive grace? No. Right. So that Bible verse tells us that Christ about for by grace, you've been saved through faith, not by your own doing. So there's a, Romans three eleven, I think it starts out saying, no one is good, no, not one. No one seeks after God. Mm -hmm. So no one is good. Quoting the Psalms, yep. Yep, Psalm chapter 14, um, that you're not good. No one is. 
but it's by grace you have been saved, not by your own doing, because you can't work your way to God. Yeah. A lot of times, sometimes I'll hear people say, well, I do do good things. Yeah. So I should be fine. But do you have the faith? So I always say it like this. Is mowing your old lady's, uh, the old lady neighbor? Mowing your old lady's yard. (laughs) (laughs) We got a biker gang now. (laughs) Mowing your your old lady neighbor's yard, right? Like, I guess that's not the right way. Your neighbor's who's an old lady's yard. Why does it have to be a lady? What about about if it was an old man? Fine. Okay. Your elderly neighbor's yard. Uh... Oh, we uh, oh, there's our co-host Alyssa, um, but you have this elderly neighbor. Fine, is that good enough for everybody on yes, this panel? Okay, yeah. Uh, and you mow their yard, and then you mow their yard. Is that a good thing? Yes, yes. Well, if you're not saved, Christ was in the center of it, and then at the end of the times, it'll be burned up in the fire when Jesus judges your works. Yep. Um, but if Christ is in the center of it, and you're saying, "Hey, I'm doing this because Jesus loves you." And all this good thing, then that good work will stand because it's for Christ. So really, it's a it's a good work in, in Christ's eyes. Mm-hmm. So what it's the definition of human good works and Christ's good works. You know what I'm saying? Is Christ the center of the good work or is he not? Um, even simple as giving a glass of water in my name, right? Mm-hmm. We'll give you a reward. So I can give people water all the time. Do you do it in Jesus' name? In a sense, is Jesus behind that? Mm-hmm. So yes, unsaved people do good things all the time. Does not mean they'll go to heaven. Right. Um, anything else on Ephesians 2, Ben? I got nothing. I like it. All right. Romans 9, 16. Okay, so listen. Um, I could go really calvinist on this, but I'm not going to. We're going to focus on one side of this, uh, so Ben and I don't tussle. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so then it depends not... Turns into a four-hour podcast. <laughs> so then it depends not on human will or exertion, <clears throat> but on God who has mercy. So in this, he's talking about salvation and he's saying i want to focus on exertion it is not by human works that you are saved but on god who has mercy mm-hmm. and what was the mercy of god what was the what was the most merciful thing he ever did for us he sent jesus to die on mm-hmm. the cross for right sins. so he sent his son to die on the cross so that you would have an opportunity to be saved yeah right so that who it was john 3 16 so whoever believes in him well, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Yeah, we uh, we were talking what two podcasts ago now about Abraham, right? And uh, I never realized how central in that story Christ was. I know I'm I'm big dumb on that one, but I never realized that the angel of the Lord is really a representation of Christ. And and Abraham when he's walking up to the mountain with Isaac, and he, and Isaac's like, "Where's the sacrifice?" And Abraham goes, <laughs> um, you know, the Lord will provide us a, a, a lamb is what he says, which is a prophecy about Christ. And then you fast forward to the end and, and you know, you see, you, you just see over and over and over again, um, the, the imagery, the imagery um, of, of Christ that he is going to come and he's going to be the one to sacrifice himself for our sins. Right. Um, you know, we talked about the fact that, that Abraham, by the way, we were talking about this on the podcast that Abraham was raised as a pagan. Do you know where Abraham grew up? I never realized it until today. Berea? No. Oh. He grew up in the um, precursor to Babylon. 
He grew up that's in, interesting. on the plains of Shinar. Tower of Babel was built there. Wow. So Ur of the Chaldeans, that's where Babylon was. So he was a, he was a, which if, in case you, you're not a huge biblical nerd like I am, Babylon was is considered in scripture to be like the center of sin in the world. Uh, right. um, it starts in Genesis chapter, what is it, 10 with the Tower of Babel. And, and I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff there we don't have time to get into. But that's where Abraham came from. And so um, what you see is that you see child sacrifice being a normal part of pagan religion during that time frame. Right. In order to appease the gods, you would sacrifice your son. That is not what you see with our God, though. And this is the thing we were trying to get at, and I don't know how clear we were. So I just want to make it really clear. Our God is not one who demands us to sacrifice our children, but rather he is the one who sacrificed his own son so that we could have life. I thought and, we made that really clear. Well, just in case, I just want to reiterate it. Um, and again, it goes back to the rainbow. The rainbow is a symbol in the sky of yep. that God would never again destroy the world. And where does he point a bow? Again, a bow is a thing that launches arrows to destroy things. He points the bow at himself because he's the one who will take the arrow for us. And so um, when it talks about that, it, it depends on God who has mercy. And we see that over and over and over again in Scripture. Right. Yeah. And no matter what we do, God is, is all, all, always showing mercy. Right, because he could have destroyed the world a thousand times over, yep. especially after Adam, you know, fell to the sin mm-hmm. um, and just started again. But he didn't. Yeah, that's yep. right, doesn't it? Uh, but we, it is God who has mercy, and honestly, I'm glad it's not by oh, my salvation is not by my own exertion, because if I could do something to to earn it, I would definitely not earn it. Right, because that's how that's how sinful of people we can be. That if it was up to me to be able to earn this thing, I would never live up to the mark. Right, and so that is a John MacArthur quote in itself. Romans eleven six, but it is by grace; it is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace would no longer be grace. Again, grace is unearned, undeserved favor of God. We did again. You did not deserve it. You did not earn it. Yep. So, in what terms, if you had to earn it, would grace be grace? God said you're saved by grace, mm-hmm. but if you had to earn it, it wouldn't be grace. Yeah. Well, that's very smart by Paul. Yeah. The Bible says elsewhere, you know, when when people work, I think this one's Hebrews. Um, when people work, uh, they're you know the thing that is is given to them is not considered a gift, but rather it's their wage. It's the thing that they deserve to have. <coughs> Well, that's not it. We don't get salvation because we deserve to have it. Right. We get it because it's a grace-filled thing that God gives us. Yeah, and then you and so here's the thing, and I'm gonna direct this question to you. Uh, why was this such an outlier to the Catholic Church? Why they why they rebel? Why did they rebel? And they're still kind of rebelling against grace, uh, grace alone. Because what we see um, in Catholicism is you have a um, you have a grace message. You do. It's not that there is no grace right, message. Right, right. But it's grace and something else. That's why the solo is grace alone. Yeah. Um, but but the thing about Catholicism is it is it is grace that then is supplemented by, for instance, confession and penitence. Right. Penitence is a big thing where you know you you do good works to kind of cancel out your bad works. Right. And again, it goes back to Galatians. Galatians is really clear. Like you don't do that if you're trying to earn your salvation you're actually losing the thing you're trying to earn. And so we don't get it by earning. We get it by the grace right. of God. And taking the Eucharist to stay in the, the, sa- the saving blood yeah. of Jesus Christ. And uh, yeah. a lot of things that they, it's not, and that's why they, every Catholic will, I agree with grace and I agree with 
Christ. I agree with glory and I agree with, you know, faith and I agree with scripture, but not alone. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that's and I, I have problem. Catholic friends who listen to this. So, I mean, and we love you. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing is that it is alone. The scripture is very clear. You have the same new Testament as we do. Um, it is by grace alone you've been saved, not by grace and your faithfulness to church attendance. Church attendance is important, right? We're about to do a podcast with Pastor Chris on on all of this. But uh, your church attendance is, is important. Your your values of Bible reading is important. And I think it's evidence of true Christianity. We were just talking about that. I, I went on a 45-minute rant to Ben about it before the podcast. He had to fish me back in. Uh, and church attendance is important and I think it's an evidence of your salvation and prayer life is important and an evidence of your salvation but prayer life, Bible study and going to church is not what saves you it is by God's grace alone that is that you are saved because if you if those things caused you to be saved and caused you to be good enough to go to the foot of Jesus then you earned it, you didn't you did something to deserve the saving works of Jesus Christ. And that means you'd have a reason to boast. And scripture tells us that we do this so that it is by grace alone that you are saved through faith so that no man may boast. That I can say, na na boo boo, <laughs> ha ha ha, I did something that you didn't. I am better than you. I deserve to be here. You don't deserve to be here. You are lucky, right? Yep. And it doesn't matter where you fall on the... Calvinist Arminian spectrum. <laughs> that is the truth, no matter where you fall on that. Right. Yep. So I'm going to do something that is totally out of character for me, but I like it so much that I'm going to quote it. I'm going to do it. I, so when you study the solas, you know it's it's the Calvinisty people that really talk about the solas, right? Um, it's the it's the the Lutherans and the others. And so Ligonier Ministries has an article about it. I was reading. I love it. And he writes about the reason why God saves us. And it's so just good that for once, though I am not a huge R.C. Sproul Ligonier Ministries fan, I know he's done great things for... for (laughs) I wasn't going to say anything, buddy. (laughs) But I'm going to quote Ligonier Ministries. He says this. He says, third, Paul points us to God's purpose. For what purpose did God make the dead alive? It was, Paul says in verse 7, that we might put on display both now and in eternity the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Mm. How do we do that? We do it by displaying in our lives the master workmanship of our maker and redeemer. We were created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are saved then, sola gratia, by the grace of God alone. Far from leading us to embrace lives of license and moral recklessness, the grace of God and the gospel leads us to pursue lives of consecration and holiness. Why is this so? The great hymn writer Isaac Watts captured Paul's point well when he wrote in his hymn, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross, where the whole realm of nature mine that were a present far too small, love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. It is through the thankfulness for grace that we do everything we do now. It's not that we try to earn our way. We don't repay Jesus because of his work on the cross. That is immeasurably uh, more valuable than anything we could ever do. So instead, what we do is we live lives of thankfulness. And out of that, we do everything. Right. Yeah. And we'll get into this when it comes to Christ alone. That I said that believe, believe is one of the... I understand why they translate it into the Bible that's the way they do. But 
is I feel like it's one of the, mo- the one of the worst translations we could have made because it tur- is easy to turn into easy beliefism, right? That I just have to believe in Christ and be done with it. See, but believe is really trust in, follow, live accordance to Jesus Christ, right? I got to follow. What is a discipleship? A disciple to his master is a student, right, who follows after the teachings of his master, who lives in accordance with the teachings and walks in accordance with, uh, and all that good stuff. But um, I'm really happy you quoted from Ligonier Ministry. This made my day. Uh, all for you, buddy. I know. And Ben's coming closer to our side. Um, nah. <laughs> so, the, the, but the thing is, is that, like he said, you don't have to be a Calvinist to agree with the five solos. Um our church has been preaching the five solos for years. You know, um, it is it is doctrinal truth. People don't say five solos now because they have some negative connotation because it's tied to the the Presbyterians and the Episcopalians and the Lutherans and the Calvinists. And for some reason, people don't want to be like us. Um, but they so they've kind of started changing the name of it a little bit, which is fine. Still, same truth. You're not a Lutheran. I know I'm not. Okay, just, just Calvinist. Not a Lutheran. Uh, but it is. Uh, no, I'm not a Lutheran. <laughs> Sorry, Keith. <laughs> but yeah, it is the 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 point of it is, uh, grace alone can be universally accepted because Scripture promotes it. Um, all these solas are can be universally accepted because Scripture supports it. We just gotta read them and find them. Uh, all right, last ten percent. We can call this uh, call this podcast done. Dana, you go first. Um, so my 10% is, again, we were talking about, uh, faith and works, just making sure that your heart is in check and that you're keeping with your faith and it's not by the fancy works that you do and all of that, but where is your heart truly at? Hmm. Cool. I want to go next because you're looking at your phone and I feel like you're looking up something important. So. What's your, what's your last 10%? <laughs> so for me, um, my last 10% goes with what I quoted. Um, man, the, the reason we're saved, um, why, does, why does God make the dead alive? Uh, because we display both now and in eternity the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us at Christ Jesus. The immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness. That is an amazing quote. Um, and that's what I leave my last 10% as. Thank you, Jesus, for your measurable riches, kindness, grace. Huh. Yeah, so my last 10% is uh, simply you cannot earn it. You cannot deserve this. If you feel like you have to clean yourself up to come to Christ, we just talked about that in the addiction podcast, you cannot do it, right? Christ is a perfectly righteous his righteousness is given to us once we believe and are covered in the atoning blood of, of his sacrifice. Um, we do not ever measure up to that. If we could, Christ would never come and died for us. If there was a possibility that we could have done that, he would have never have came and dealt with what he dealt with. But it was impossible for us to be perfect and holy and blameless in the sight of God. So he did what he had to do, and he gave that for us. Not because of what you could do to earn it or deserve it, but because of those who, um, but because of his mercy, is what Romans 9 says. 
So, after that, I know what time it is. You know what time it is. Hunter's random question. Lord help us. <laughs> uh, this one's easy. What is the most beautiful place you've ever seen? And I feel like this is about to change because you're about to go to Hawaii. But okay. Dina, go. All right, for me. So we went to a frozen lake on the top of a mountain in Colorado. That is. Was that Bear Lake? Bear Lake. Bear Lake. I don't know why, but I love snow scenes. Looking over that frozen lake and all that snow. And, you know, on the way up there, we saw those mule deer on the side of the road and like just looking out over the thing. It was freezing cold, but I was like, this is the most beautiful place. Just, it was like a winter wonderland of amazingness. And the wind was brutal. It was brutal, but it was awesome. People driving on the lake. It was nice. Were they driving on the lake? I don't remember that. Yeah. I just remember looking out and being like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool. Dina? Gosh, like, I don't know. I just love going and seeing things. So and I, every time I come back, I'm like, that was the coolest thing I've ever seen. But I say that every time. So <laughs> it's like, I don't have one particular thing that's so amazing that it stands out to me. Um, now, when we went, did go to Colorado, when we went up to the top of Pikes Peak mm. and the fact that you could see forever away that was pretty cool but i don't know that i would call that like the most beautiful thing i've ever seen yeah um that that is that is a gorgeous scene yeah there is nothing like going to pike's peak and you get so tall you go so high that the trees will stop growing and then i'm sitting in the front seat of a jeep and we're getting a tour and then ben and dina and our friend matt is (laughs) packed in the back like sardines and i look over to the side and i just see death at our door, I'm like, man, that is a lot of death down there. Like, we could just. If that door comes open and I fall, I'm going to fall for a long time. And I'm going, and I'll die of a stroke before I hit the ground. Hopefully. Um, I wait, really it's do not like. The, it's not the hit that kills you, it's yeah. the bounce. Well, I'll make a hole. So. <laughs> I don't know. I really like tropical scenes. I think those are really pretty. Um, but just because. I know this is going to annoy you. When I went to Disney World and I looked up and I <laughs> saw that castle in the distance, that was beautiful. I'm listening to CNN right now. All right. <laughs> All righty. Um, wow, did not expect that to be the most beautiful sight in the world. I was just going to use the Hogwarts castle at Universal Studios. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, um, so... There's a beach we go to almost every year, mm-hmm. um, and you all have been there mm-hmm. with us. My mom got married there, and the the place we stay is right on the beach. And there's nothing like waking up right on that beach every morning. Um, I, I love the ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the mountains, right? It is just it's incredible. Uh, I feel like I'd get tired of looking at the ocean eventually. Mountains are something new. We go to Colorado. We went to Arizona. I stare at them all the time. You can't get, you can't get tired of that. But the ocean is so cool because it's something that, like, it, I just picture it, it is the way God created it, just vast and open, and man can't really temper with the look of the ocean. Mm-hmm. Like, we can build oil rigs out there, right? And that, yeah, that ruins the view or whatnot. But we can't, like, 
if I scoop up the water, water just takes its place. Like it's the way God intended it. The tide in, the tide out, the waves, when God hover, hovered over the face of the water. So just in my brain is how God intended it to be. And that is just, that's awesome to me. And sitting there, being able to stare at that for five, seven days uh, every morning. Storms come in, whatever. It's, it's awesome. So, thank you for listening. Oh, do you, Jess, what's the most beautiful place you've ever been? Is your microphone on? Yeah. Okay. The birth of our children. Oh, that was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Trump card. Yeah. I'm Bow. sleeping on the couch tonight. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, thank you for listening to the Altered Podcast, where we talked about grace alone and being saved by the unearned, unmerited favor of Jesus Christ. Um, Next week will be about faith. We will be talking about what it means to be saved by faith alone. Um, that is not so you're not saved by works again, but you're saved by faith. And what it would look like, I want to add a, a segment to that so that we know next week that uh, it's not about what we do, but what would it look like if we had to live by faith and something else? Uh, what would that look like? And what would we have to do? And how would how impossible would that be? You'd be in like what kind of bondage would Christians be in? So, guys, thank you and be blessed. Thank you for listening to the Altered Podcast. Be sure to join us next week for a brand new episode. Also, be sure to join us on the Altered Podcast Facebook page for updates and other cool content. See you next week.